Blog Talk Radio. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Figures. Alongside me will be Rob and Sakura. Uh, today we do have a special guest, Kenneth Sims Jr. Welcome to the show. Hi, right. For the listeners uh, who may not have followed you yet or are up to date on you, uh, tell us how you got into the sport of boxing. Oh, um, I started boxing when I was... Eight years old, uh, I actually hated boxing when I was younger. My dad came up to my school one day, and he seemed like I was one of the smallest guys in my classroom. So he was like, uh, you got to learn how to box, basically, to cheer myself. And he told me once I got good, I could quit. But, of course, at that point, I didn't want to quit. I was good. I fell in love with it ever since then. It's been my life, basically. All right. And, uh... Coming up, once you actually got into it and started enjoying it, who were some of the fighters who inspired you? Uh, coming up, I was I was always ranked like in the top in the country, so I was following a lot of top amateurs. But once I turned pro, uh, since I turned pro, I sparred a lot of guys. I sparred with Terrence Crawford, Andre Berto, and Pacquiao, uh, Jorge Linares, Robert Easter, uh, who else? Uh, Carlos Molina, there was champ at 154. I swallowed a lot of guys. I swallowed Adrian Granados a lot of times. We both from Chicago, so I swallowed a lot. Yeah, both members of uh, the Broke team, right? Oh, no, nah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, it, you, you named off a lot of people there. Any of uh, those guys get you starstruck at all? No, nah, nah, not at all. I feel like in boxing, once you're in the ring, you know, no time to be starstruck. They got two hands, two feet, just like this. So, do, do the normal routine when she's in the ring. You don't got no time to be starstruck. Look serious. Look, get starstruck, you might get hurt. Did you handle your own against uh, Manny Pacquiao? Uh, I mean, I can't really talk about it. It was a good way, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, your last fight was scored a draw. I saw you clearly win that fight. Uh, does a fight like yeah, that, does it, does it kind of take the wind out of your sails, or, or is it motivating you even more? I, for me, it was, it was motivating. I was I was happy to be back in the ring because I had lost a year because I had to have surgery on my elbow. So come, leading up to that fight, I was like really excited. Afterwards, I was really excited because I was happy it was fatigue. So I was like to see that it wasn't really involved. Yeah, I remember you having to have the arm surgery. Do you feel, you know, back to 100% now? Uh, yeah, most definitely. It was, uh, it was before I had it, maybe the last year and a half before I had it. I was basically, I was fighting through it. It had that bother. I just did know it was that serious. That I didn't have to have surgery. So I went to the doctor and got an x-ray, and they told me I had bones first. I had to get the surgery. But now I'm back 100%. I'm great. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, we do have some other writers with some questions. Uh, Rob, whenever you're ready. 
Okay, Sakura. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Kenny, how you doing? You can do it. Uh, how you doing? Awesome, awesome. Um, I wanted to ask a question about the Chania fight that I saw on um, Showtime. And um, I was just yeah. wondering, what lessons did you think you learned from that um, particular fight? I feel like I learned to take care of my body more, really, because I feel like for that fight, I may probably lost the weight wrong. So, like, even before the fight, I felt like crap. Like, the last week or two before the fight. But I was just trying to psych myself out, mentally tell myself that I would be fine. But, like, even before the fight, when I was back walking up, I still do it. So, I was really just making sure I do everything in camp to make sure I'm 100% before I get to the fight. So, that's all I got to worry about. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I noticed that they were saying that your stamina was a question at that point before that fight. Um, so, I mean, did you do any major changes with that? or? or <clears throat> uh, yeah, I did, actually. Definitely. I, uh, I'm working with a strength and conditioning coach in Houston now. His name is uh, Ed Jack. He uh, used to work with Andre Ward. He works with Charlo and Laura, so I've been working with him. I worked with him for the last fight that was on Showtime, and I, I felt a major difference, you know, in training. Okay, cool. That was my first fight working with him, so and we only got to work for about three weeks, and I felt a difference, so I'll be going to, out there tomorrow, actually, to start working with him, so we could get a whole six-week champion and see how I really feel with the strength conditioning. Okay. Well, that's a great way to start. I mean, the one thing I did like when I what I was seeing from you is the, how you're able to switch up from orthodox to, you know, to southpaw pretty easily. Like I was wondering if that's something that you mentally think about before you actually switch, or if it just comes natural for you to be able to transition from one to the other. Uh, it's pretty natural. But, uh, yeah, it's natural, actually. I don't even think about it. But I've been trying to work on, like, uh, more picking my spot when to switch. Like, if, if I see a person, like, having problems when I switch out far, knowing to stay out far. If I see I'm doing better orthodox, knowing to stay orthodox, I've been trying to just, like, go in to switch better. But it's natural. Like, I don't even think about it when I do it. I sometimes I don't even know when I do it. Yeah, it was very I've been like that for, for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying it's very impressive when you see it. I, I must say that 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 was you know a really cool skill that you have. Um, is there anybody that you'd like to see you know fight, make a fight between the two of you? Like, is there someone you want to kind of call out? <laughs> call out? Uh, I mean, yeah. not at this point, not really, because I don't feel like I feel like I have the. I guess the I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word, but I haven't done anything in my head to call people out. But I'm ready to fight whenever anybody in my weight class whenever I get that call. Okay. I fight uh, October 13th in Indiana. Say that again. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you. Oh, I said I fight October 13th in Indiana. It's just a, a Stay busy, fight really, just to stay busy. Because I've been, I have been off a year, so my last fight mm-hmm. I felt rusty. I could definitely feel the rest, so I'm trying to stay busy until I get a call for a big fight. Okay. Um. Is that scheduled to be on any um, network or anything? Uh, no, it's not a TV. It's a small show. Mm-hmm. Just it's a small show, small local show. Okay. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Small local show. Yeah. It's close to home, though, so that'd be good. I have a lot of my friends and family come out. Because now, I haven't fought at home since I've been. So I haven't fought at home since, like, 2010, I think. Okay, so where did you get your... Um, I just want to my last question is, how did you get Boss Man as your... You know, alias, boss man. 
<laughs> that's actually that's that's my real nickname. Actually, that's what people call me. Uh, I, my mom said when I was born, my aunt came to the hospital and she was like, uh, "Can I give him this nickname?" And that was what she came up with, and it works for boxing, so I just stuck with it. But that's not like my group. That's really my nickname. People call me that. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like that boss man situation because I'm a boss chick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Rob, uh, whenever you're ready. Thank you. Um, Kenneth, I'm going to um, just go back into the past for you here real quick and talk about some of the things you had coming up. Um one of the things I notice is your amateur background, especially being with trying to make the Olympics. Can you explain to our listeners what it's like being so young? Because you started out, I believe, at 16 years old getting a shot. Oh, yeah. And um, can, yeah. can you uh, kind of explain how, how it is taking that journey? Yeah. Uh, back then, yeah, I know they changed it now to it's 19 to 40 now, but back then when I was doing it, the ages for the Olympics was 17 to 35, and it was uh, the it was a national tournament, the national pal. I was still 16, so I wasn't really old enough yet. But they let me fight in it because I'd be old enough the next year for the uh, Olympic trials, and I was the first qualified for the Olympic trials. So they let me fight in it when I was 16. So I was fighting 17 to 35 year olds when I was 16, even though I wasn't 17 yet. I mean, that was my first tournament against uh, grown men, so I was kind of nervous. And I had just finished fighting in the junior, so I was kind of nervous. But once I got in there and I was like, oh, okay, it's not different. I swallowed all that. The first day was a little shaky, but after that, I just kept getting more and more confident. Because honestly, when I got to the tournament, I wasn't really like expecting I mean, that's This tournament actually went out out of my head, like, okay. I probably, I probably could do this as a career. I'm really good at this. But going through the process, right. it's, 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 uh, it's hard. I mean, you got to qualify. And they only, it was only uh, eight slots in each other class. And I was the first one to qualify in my weight class. I did that when I was still 16. So it was, I was one of the youngest guys at the trials. I uh, lost to Jose Ramirez. That ended up going I lost him by one point at the trials. So. It was a good experience, you know, overall. Definitely, it um pretty much sparks your competitive nature, and it helps out quite a bit with you um, turning pro and everything like that. You had mentioned your um, sparring, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you sparred Pacquiao for the Mayweather fight. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, going... Going into situations like that um, and into big camps where big fight is, you know, about to happen, how was that whole experience like? Um, is there a lot of tension around the camp? Is it real relaxed? How was that atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of relaxed. It felt like but just like any other training. That was the first uh, big champ I went to, so it was pretty relaxed. I mean, Pacquiao was this far. At Wildcard, it's an upstairs and a downstairs, and the downstairs is private, so this far downstairs, and then he sent everybody up there to finish their workout. I guess continuing to watch him, but me, he was like, uh, after I spar with him, he was like, no, I want you to stay down here with me, work out with me. So, I mean, he seemed like a pretty cool guy, and you can't do it. They treated me good. I just felt like, because I was getting ready to fight at the same time, so I was happy to get that workout there myself. So it was just like any other gym, any other trainer getting ready for a fight. Right. And then also, as you mentioned, Terrence Crawford, of course, him being the big dog, so to speak, in in the sport. Um, when you sparred with him and everything, could you kind of get a sense of that about him? Did you? Did you kind of feel like this guy is for real? Or just as you said, is it just like any other camp? I mean, with Terrence, we weren't really in camp. I'm, like, I'm pretty cool with him. So 
when we come to Chicago, he, uh, he uh, lets me know that he's here. And he texts me like he was here. And I, was, I asked him if he had his stuff. And he would have, he's like, yeah. And I asked him, like, can I get a couple rounds? And we just worked. It was, that wasn't really a chance. That was just a one-day thing because we're cool with each other. And when he was in Chicago, he came to my gym. We did a couple rounds. That was a couple years ago. Actually, well, that was right after I left the Pacquiao camp. So that was 2006. Gotcha. So then being in um, Chicago and you're from the south side, me and Lucas actually are yeah. from Illinois, so we're we're very familiar with that area. Um, I understand you have a strong family and everything like that, but, you, uh, of course, being in Chicago, there's no loss of violence. Um, I know that you have a story with a friend of yours that had been affected by it. Um, you had been best friends with him, I believe, since you were eight years old. Um, does that type uh, of uh, yeah. territory and, and that type of storyline and everything, does that fuel your fire? I mean, yeah, it feels like, because he was a boxer, too, and his, his dream was to be a world champion. I mean, he's my big brother, Major Ed Brown, so I've known him since I've been boxing. And we had his last fight before he got killed. Was, uh, we fought on the same card in Philadelphia, and that was the first time we fought together. That's close. So I'm, I'm super glad that we got that chance for that to happen. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fuel to my fire. Uh, I get his name on every every uniform I get from since it happened because that's 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 part of my motivation. All right, that's definitely you know definitely good to hear. Um, we know how me and Lucas definitely know how tough it is at, uh, over there in Chicago. Um, last question for you then here is in in your hometown. Um, of course, you're looking forward to fighting there um, here coming up in October. Um, who who actually local fighters uh, or local um, trainers even are in your camp that you can uh, name and that we can look forward to looking at? Uh, fighters uh, in Chicago. Uh, I mean, John Simpson, he fights uh, the week before I fight. He fights on the uh, Eddie Hearn card, so that's a good card. October 6th, he fights. Uh, there's a lot of guys in Chicago. Um, of course, you know Adrian Granado is the Jose Thomas. Uh, it's a guy that's getting ready to turn pro. His name is Destiny Bella. We came up together in the attitude. Uh, it's a lot of guys. Uh, guys, you know, the Juan Johnson. Um, it's a lot. But those guys I named, I'm pretty pretty tight with those. With them, they, they really good. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to um, up-and-coming things in Chicago. As you mentioned, Eddie Hearns has a card um, getting ready to hit up in that area. Big card for his matchroom boxing. So, yeah, we're definitely always looking into that area. Um, I appreciate you answering all my questions, though. Um, That's all I have for you. I'm going to turn you back over to Lucas. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you want to see Kenneth Sims Jr. in action, he is going to be fighting October 13th at Bride Hall in Gary, Indiana. Tickets start at $30. Be there. The doors open at 6 p.m. Uh, but Kenneth, thank you so much for coming on the show. I look forward to look forward to seeing your next fight. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, guys. Look forward to seeing that young man come up to the ranks here. Uh, definitely a good prospect. Uh, tough to see guys get screwed like he did in his last fight. That that draw was definitely not a draw. It was, it was a gift. Um, and you can see it <laughs> in their faces if you guys watched that fight. When it was announced the draw, Kenneth Sims was just distraught, whereas his opponent was extremely happy. So <laughs> we yeah. we know we know the the real result off just you know looking at their facial expressions there, but um, oh, guys, yeah, we got, definitely got some stuff. Go ahead. Oh, uh, that's one thing I was gonna say is I tell people all the time don't just look at people's records because that doesn't tell the whole picture. A lot of times, you know, you you have some 
questionable decisions in there, maybe at least one or two for each a boxer these days. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Rob, let me get back to the business at hand. I, I got to congratulate you. You picked Pedraza's <laughs> victory over Beltran. Um, so my hat's off to you, sir. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Big props. Big props. You were right, and I was kind of wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I I know you wanted wanted it so bad. Does does the success feel good for you there, Rob? It does. You know, it does. And let me just say, um, as I said last episode, um, I can't remember who we were talking about. Oh, I remember it was Kovalev. But as we said, Beltrain is who we thought he is. He's a one-shot pony. Sorry, I hate to say it. He's just a one-trick pony. He comes forward. He doesn't have good defense. And he exposes himself too much. And that's what I saw. And, and I knew Pedraza could exploit that. I was right. Bell Transit Warrior, but there was no no doubt that you were right, you know, on Saturday night. Um, however, is Pedraza really worthy of a Lomachenko fight? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, why not? Well, I mean, it, it is the second championship he had, so why not? The, I, there's a difference between earning the fight and being worthy of a fight. Um I think a lot of people will be, and it's funny because Rob's not very high on Lomachenko, but I think even Rob will admit that Lomachenko is going to handle Pedraza, so it automatically makes the fight really not not very exciting to watch other than just to see, you know, a master of his craft pick apart an opponent that's uh, world supposedly world-class. So, um, it, I don't know. I, I agree with Rob. I don't, I don't think it is. You don't think it is, but... And just to enlighten I don't you, think secure, secure, to right, answer you your question. Worthy of. Right. And, and just to enlighten you to answer your question in my book, people are putting Lomachenko as possibly the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter. And the two names. That's Bud. That's Bud territory. Okay, that's my point. And the two names that we're talking about right now, Either one could have won that fight. We, we agree. Either one could have won it. Pedraza did win it. So, Belt- with Beltrain being said, he lost very brutally against Terrence Crawford, and Pedraza got knocked out by Tank. Right. So, those two names right there shouldn't even be crossed with Momenshenko at this point, I believe. Momenshenko should be going on to bigger and better things and fighting more valid opponents with bigger names, such as even Mares, Tank. Um, of course, you know, when he gets there, Terrence Crawford, but he's not there yet. Mikey Garcia. Oh, Those God. are the names that I want to see Momenshenko fight. Not not Pedraza. Okay, I, I can't believe I'm about to do this, Rob, but I am going to defend Lomo in the fact that he did just have soldier, shoulder surgery. So it's kind of like, you know, it's just to get him back in there and test the shoulder out before he start taking on Mikey Garcia's and uh, Tank Davis. So I agree with you in the fact it's that... It's crazy, though. You guys in are the talking fact about... You guys are talking about a title fight being a stepping stone. Just keep that in mind. A title exactly, fight. Exactly, Lucas. That's my point. You're talking exactly. about the tune-up for Lomachenko. And, Robbie, I, I know you're not high on yeah, Lomachenko. So I, mean, I want to I go to a sidebar now, then, because y'all are very high on, on Bud Crawford. So in your guys' mind, what does Lomachenko have to do to surpass Bud Crawford? Yeah. Uh, she- uh, Shakira, you go ahead and answer that first, please, because my answer is not going to be PC. Because y'all didn't have an I mean, answer. I'm just here uh, no, I do. I do. I do. My answer is take some steroids and bulk up. That don't even make sense. That's not what I mean. I mean, what does he have to accomplish? 
I mean, I was trying to say I'm, it in a nice way, but I mean, he's never going to be Bud Crawford. But at the same time, he he does need to, and it's not his fault all the way, but he needs to have opposition that can be relatable and comparable to Crawford's opponent. Okay. I, I so Loman Keiko defeats Mikey Garcia. Mikey right. Garcia. So he's he, not number one pound for pound that, at that point. That being aside, though, here's where I disagree with Shakira. No, 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 no. Answer the question. Hold on. Answer the question. Yeah, I'm gonna Answer say. I mean, it depends on who Bud is fighting. I mean, who who is Bud fault in the meantime? No, while no, 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 no. We're not. I mean, we're not talking what it's about Bud. We're saying Bud right now, as his record is, and okay. now Lomachenko beats Mikey Garcia. All right, all right. Here's my take. <laughs> I, be, I believe. Just, I believe that y'all just don't this, want to this, say and this is, at all. But no, this is this is my take. Hold on. This is this, this is my y'all take on it. Hold on. No, I'm a, I'm gonna agree with you at some points. Hold on, I'm gonna agree with you at some points. I'm saying you kind of go ahead. Mike, um, I'm sorry, Mikey Garcia, and I can't do it. So Shakira can't, I can't. But he, here's my thing. It, it, in terms of opposition at the weight class, Lomachenko to me is, is equal to, to Bud, being as he beat Rigondeaux. Then he came out and beat Leonardo's, who hasn't lost in, in quite a bit of time. So he is at that. At, he has been taking those steps at the competition level in his weight class. I can't do this with you tonight, Rob. All right, Rob. All right. Rob. All right. <laughs> that can't that, believe that Rob is true. This is, no, this is this is step forward, Sakura. Rigandow that went up two weight classes to even fight the man. Like, really? Yes, because he was even a top though he went five up two weight pound classes, for pound fighter. Admit, the way he just destroyed him. Just it's not the same weight class. Quick. You asking this man to put on all this? Oh, you guys thing. saying that about then, Marquez when when Floyd beat his ass? He went up two A classes, did he not? Hey Wait, man, no, technically, hey, technically, hey now. guys, technically, because Floyd Mayweather still didn't even make weight that night. So it's it's basically the same thing. But I didn't hear nobody be like, "Hey, Marquez had to go up two weight classes." No, nobody gave a shit because you know what? Marquez <laughs> is a pound for pound guy, and. So the hell is uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux? He was at the top of the pound for pound list for years, and now because he goes up two weight class, everybody's gonna make an excuse. Oh no, Lomachenko isn't know. all that great. Y'all oh, don't even know my opinion on the Marquez situation with Mayweather. I thought that that was just a, a wopsided fight anyway. It was full advantage for Mayweather, but at the same time, I'm not gonna sit up here and let those results cloud my mind on. A Rigondeaux and Lomo fight, like he did exactly it's what he was supposed thing. to do. I don't, you can't, it's you don't get props from me from doing for for doing or, or winning a fight yep. that you're supposed to win. Okay, okay, and I agree. But did Floyd Mayweather make Marquez quit in his stool? No. To make a great man like Guillermo Rigondeaux quit on his stool says a lot about Lomachenko. I don't care how you put it. I don't care if you think, oh, he went up two weight classes, and so did Marquez. But guess what? Marquez fought that whole damn fight. He got an ass beat, yeah. He got outclassed, yeah, just like Rigondeaux did. Difference is Rigondeaux quit on his stool. That takes a lot. Okay. Okay, so I will say this, because you're not going to do this to Floyd. Not tonight, (laughs) damn it. No. (laughs) But... My my excuse for Floyd is the man just got out of prison, okay? Period. End of his cut. He just got out of prison, and he gave him an ass whooping. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but in terms of what Lucas is saying, yes, Lucas is absolutely right. Rigondeaux was top of the food chain, top of the list, pound for pound, and regardless of what happened, the man stepped up to, to, to the weight class, made the weight to step up, and showed up in the ring. Now, that's all he did, though. That was it. And Lomachenko made, made him look like that. So, yes, that's one, that's one thing. 
right there. The second is then Lomachenko goes up in class, fights the guy who's the champion for like five plus years, and knocks him out. So yes, he's he's had the same level of competition as far as Crawford goes. What was his biggest victory? It sure as hell wasn't Jeff Horn. One Jeff one shot Horn. No, it's you guys not. tell me what is what is Crawford's it's biggest victory? It's the four victory? title. It's the four. It's the unification of four championship belts in the junior okay. welterweight category, leading up to. Now having at being champion in the welterweight division. Secure. That's what Name it is. the four fighters. Name the four fighters that he beat to unify that. For her man. Okay, I believe. Name, it was. name the four fighters who he beat for that. Well, uh, what's his name? Undongo. I don't know how. To Never say heard it. of him. Okay, you never I heard of him. I don't know why you had heard is, of him. The opposition. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't hear it. Just stop. He had two titles. He won them from uh, the UK. I believe it was Burns or one of those guys that had those two belts. But anyway, that was one of the guys. Never heard. You guys, uh, okay, go ahead. You guys, you guys are such big Crawford fans that I think it allows you a little blinded. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Victor Postal. He's the one that like made Matisse quit, the machine quit, uh, before he got with Bud and Bud made him look like dirt, like he wasn't good. Shout out to Post All, no no disrespect. No disrespect, but haven't heard from him since. But keep going. Well there's a lot of fighters that we haven't heard from. That's why they go on the milk box of cartons, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> If if it was a relevant fighter, he'd still be fighting. Look, um, honestly, his best win may actually be Thomas DeLorme. And I'm yeah, no no defense to DeLorme. DeLorme. No defense to DeLorme, but I mean, name a better fighter. I couldn't hear you. You were breaking I, I'm up. High on, I'm high on Crawford too, guys. It's just I think you guys are putting him a little higher than what he actually is. Now I I think he's great. Could already be a Hall of Famer technically just from being the undisputed champion. But I, I I'm still a little weary on his record in comparing it already. Um, Ricky Burns, Gamboa, Gamboa is honestly the one that kind of set him off. Right. Uh, as far as popularity goes, um, but Gamboa's kind of also fell off since then. Um, but like I said, I think DeLorme is really the one that put him up there. Um, Jeff Hornier had train. a good outing. Well, yeah, he, he fought and beat Beltran, um, but you were just downplaying the Beltran win. So. Um, Jeff Hornier, he did just fight Manny Pacquiao well, but, you know, Styles make fights, used to say, that uh, Jeff Horn will continue to win. He might just continue to lose. We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, Julius Andongo, he had a good record going in. But uh, anybody heard anything since his loss almost a year ago? Well, he, you know, he went right back and fought someone else and lost that fight. So. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. This, this is the problem is, is um, he's not as good as well, he, okay. Hank is good. He's a solid fighter, but <laughs> he, he's not elite. The problem is the elite names for him are not there, um, or even maybe the legendary names for someone. He needs the Manny Pacquiao fight. That's what Crawford needs right now. I hope he gets it because that'll push him over the edge. He mm-hmm. needs that big name because right now. His box wreck is a little suspect. I mean, he has some good names sprinkled in there, but there's still no really elite guy. Okay, but all I'm going to say about that, that's why you know how I feel about boxers that don't have certain names, and it's it's about people avoiding them more than it is about whether or not they would fight them and win. 
I mean, Tim Bradley came out and was in his barn, and he was just like, man, he knew. I never heard him say he wanted to fight him. He was like, oh, I'm not fighting him. No, he retired. Uh, I agree. Well, I know he retired now, but at that time, he had not retired, and he was saying, I'm not fighting him. And And you guys heard of... uh, you guys heard of Josh Taylor? I have. No, because he just beat he just beat Victor Postal for the WBC super light silver super lightweight title. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't say that. He needs a big name. Get, he needs a big name. You you gotta admit, right now as as pound for pound, he's he's still a little suspect. You guys, I don't like it when you guys don't. I mean, the British, we just don't have enough exposure to the to the British fighters uh, or the European fighters that's out there. But I have been seeing them. If you know, taking time out to look at those fights, if you can find it, you they well, are I mean, well known there. It's just that it's not crossing over to the states yet. I guess that's a plug for Dazney. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's no disrespect to to Josh Taylor. Uh, he's he's ranked number one, actually. the The problem is, is he still should be a prospect. He's came up awful quick because he's only thirteen and zero. And yeah, we don't hear mm-hmm. about him a lot on the state side here, but that doesn't mean okay. that he hasn't but, had some good wins. I agree. That's he's some some. Uh, some veterans, so once Campos thirty three and five, and then he just defeats now, Victor an, Postal a, in June. So that's an up and comer to watch right there. Um, yeah, be for I'm gonna battle. jump ship here though. I'm gonna jump he- ship here for a minute because yes, I defended you, Lucas, and all of that. But Shakur, you're worried about you know defending Crawford verbally right now. As far as, like I said, the argument with him and Lomachenko, record for record, Lomachenko hasn't stepped up to me in the weight class division part of it. But the way that I feel about the talent, we're going to have this debate for another 10, another 10 years, just like me and Lucas did over and over and over again about Floyd Mayweather. Lucas will not probably credit it, but until he actually beats everybody. And I believe he can beat everybody. So, really, we could just let Tim speak for himself, really. No, and I don't want anybody to think I don't like Terrence Crawford. I like Terrence Crawford. I think Terrence Crawford can be the best. My, My thing is, is he's not there yet. And this is what I said about Gennady Golovkin coming up. Is everybody was already saying, oh, he's a world beater. Well, he didn't even have, you know, undisputed champion or anything like Terrence Crawford does. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. He hadn't beaten any big names just like Terrence Crawford right now. doesn't have a, one of those big type names. Now, um, if, if you look at the two lately, all I have to see is Rigondeaux and Lenares, and that's his last two fights, Lomachenko's. That already says more to me than what Crawford's, I don't know, last four do. So, for mm-hmm. pound for pound list, he's came up more weight divisions and proven himself in a shorter period of time to say this man may be greater to me. Now, those two can fight, and you can argue that maybe, hey, they're, they're tied for top pound for pound. The thing mm-hmm. is, is I don't, you, you guys are both already crowning. Is but as, as uh, the top pound for pound guy, but he hasn't proven it yet. Now, that's what I was saying. Is what does and I think I made my point now. But what does Lomachenko have to do for you guys? I don't think the Lomos proved it either. Then if that if we going by you know your mm-hmm. category, so what does he have to do? She can. Yeah, well, can't yeah, do that's, that's what my question was. That you guys couldn't answer it. What does he have to do I, to prove to you? I don't think he can do. I mean, there's nothing he can do because Bud has the natural skill and ability. He changes up from orthodox to southpaw, just like um, Kenny Sims. Just you know, we just talked to him. He does that too, pretty seamlessly. 
So I, I don't think that that's a learned talent. That's why I asked him, did he have to and, think about it consciously and, or not? I believe it's a natural gift that certain boxers have. And I'm not saying I'm that talent is not talented. He is, but I believe that they were like premature. Uh, I'll say the powers that be were premature and putting him above, like they even had him above uh, Andre Ward like two years ago. Andre Ward had to ask, hey, can I now get on the, um, be number one on the pound for pound list finally? Like, so this, this is the kind of foolery that we have sometimes in our sport. I just don't think that he deserves that spot right now. So, so you're saying just because somebody has the potential to, to beat other people that they should be at the top pound for pound list. That's what you're saying. I mean, what are you, where are you coming up with that? <laughs> because you you basically say there's nothing <laughs> like, that he can do. I never said that. I mean, I'm saying some Rob, people. Is that what you got out of No, what I said was some people's boxing records may not look as good as far as names as they should if they are going to be considered, but it's not due to them specifically not fighting people or dodging. <laughs> Is there I, another it, fighter's box, boxing record that proves more than Terrence Crawford? That's active? Yes. <sighs> Say that again. Is that including injured boxers or is not including injured? Injured's fine as long as they're still going to fight. I mean, it's it, talking like Sergio Martinez on his way out with a knee injury, then no, but um, yeah, active boxers not have a, a better resume. Well, I'm not even going to open up that can of tonight, but because we know I live in St. Pete, so I'm going to leave it at that, but I'm not going to say who I think would have a better record. <laughs> Why not? I'm just going to leave it at that because it's questionable. Then we start getting into the debate as to whether he's active or whether he's not. Or So I'm just going to leave it alone. But that's one so who, person who that was it, though? We gotta... Wait a minute. You, I just told you I wasn't going to say because I know that that's going to open up a big argument. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> told you You want to try to debate this situation and I've, like, bowed out gracefully because I know I don't have, like, a real hard stance on defending that right now. <laughs> okay. Being out so long. <laughs> we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Um, well, we all three know who but, I'm talking about, but it's okay. It's just <laughs> everybody has this, like, hate right now for Loma. And I'm like, oh, no. God, he's, oh, he's proven no. it. He's oh, proven no, it. Ugh, I hate him. Oh, I, hate him. I don't hate him Especially at all. Especially like Rob. Okay. Rob. Well, Rob, I mean, why don't you? I mean, why are you using the word hate? Like, damn, dog. Because I, I can't take somebody who's who's just in double digits to be the number one powerful pound fighter. I can't do it. You, I can't even put him. I can maybe top ten position that he's had. Yeah, he can be in the top ten, but no, nowhere near the top five. He's only ten and up. We haven't seen him carry that weight, carry that power. We haven't seen it. Well, then we'd have to go with Mikey Garcia. As that's who power. I believe. Exactly, that's who I believe is the true pound for pound because coming up uh, before the contractual issues. He had a hell of a resume, and he was climbing and climbing and climbing, had a layoff, came back, and he's done even greater things. I mean, if if you would have took Mikey Garcia before the layoff, pin, pin him against Adrian Broner at that point in time, y'all would say there's no way he beats Adrian Broner at that point in time before that layoff. No, I might would have went with him because I started seeing Brona not looking that hot once he, you know, that Pauly Malinaji fight. He was starting to look a little, 
lackluster to yeah. me, but I might have would have went with a Mikey. I mean, but my 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 thing is Mikey does have a. I mean, that's a that's a good point that Mikey should probably be pound for pound number one right now, based on the the fighters he's fought and, I mean the the ability to jump weight classes. And Thank you, and that's what I want. And, and to and that answers the question, Lucas, for me. Sorry, no, no, no. But wait, just wait. to bring it it's, all back home, just open. to bring it all back home, Lucas, that answers the question for me about what Lomachenko has to do. He has to go up and win. I, I have a good one too. Bob. Bob, I got one to help you out. <laughs> I got one to help Sorry. you out. Okay, so did not Mikey beat the hell out of Salito, who mm-hmm. actually beat Lomo. I'm going to help you uh, out. Yes. Toledo yes. failed a drug test and didn't make weight. Oh, come on. Here you go. Now you want to use the weight situation to your advantage in your argument, Lucas. When you just told but me. Luke, no, I, you were, you were going to make was a, a close point. Fight. What, what? It wasn't no ass beating. I mean, he he didn't make weight and a drug test. It was two things combined. It's not just saying he didn't make weight. He failed the drug test and didn't make weight. Not to mention, it could have been ruled either way. I mean, that fight was close. But yeah, they have uh, more than one. More than one. No, that fight was not close. No, that fight fight was not close at all. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh, In fact, it wasn't a split decision. Oh, come on. (laughs) Was it not a split decision? That I think doesn't it was. mean anything. Um, that does not mean anything yeah. with our judges. <laughs> well, that depends who the judge was, but they do have um, obviously Don't let similar me go records. Teddy you have, on you now. Don't let me go, Teddy Atlas, you have, on you. With that. <laughs> you have you have Salito. This is Mikey Garcia now. Salito Lopez, and we're not going to touch on that one. <laughs> Roman Martinez, which. They share that as well. They both got a KO win over Roman Martinez. Um, you can argue that Lomachenko's was a l- little bit more scarier of a knockout. Um, other than that, I mean, Garcia's Lomo, last three have been really good. Is Lomo trying to make a fight with Errol Spence right now? I mean, Gar- Ooh, Garcia or Crawford isn't either. I mean, what not? You, you no, nobody's. Nobody's making a Lomo. fight right now with Errol Spence. Mikey Garcia, I mean, I, I hope the fight gets made, but I, that's just a death wish. I really wish that he, he goes up and he wins, but hey, I don't see that happening. The <laughs> um, point is, real champions yeah. want to try. Real champions are willing to try. They want to say that uh, best. There's, see, there's other fights, though, which made me to believe that he's he's going for Spence for a reason. That's for a whole different show, because we're going to go down that rabbit hole for a long time. Oh, but, I think Tank needs to come on this show fights. and follow up with that. There's other fights in his weight division. Why is he fighting Lomachenko? Oh, boxing politics, you can say that all day. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the real reason, though. Something else going on. And, you know, there's there's other fights, there's other champions. There's other things for, for Mikey Garcia to do. He's looking to go up not one but two weight classes to fight Errol Spence. That, that's dangerous, okay? Now, I agree that's daring to be great. That's daring a little too much, you know. When Adrian Bronner jumped two weight classes, he fought Paul Malinaji. Paul Malinaji don't have the knockout power and uh, isn't at the top of his division like Errol Spence is. That's something to be not taking lightly. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm just saying, what if he wins and he takes that title? Then he's number one pound for pound, and I don't know if anybody can touch it unless Crawford's willing to go up and fight like Golovkin or something. <laughs> I, don't think he, <laughs> you, I, don't think, I don't think Crawford or, or Lomachenko or anybody at that point will be able to go up to say, hey, now I'm the best. No. Sorry, he went up two weight classes and beat one of the top guys, one of the elites. There's really not, you know, any better than that. So, 
Hey, guys, uh, I don't even get to say this guy's name, but I want to get your guys' reaction for the heavyweight fighter who walked out on the ring on PBC. I don't want to give oh. him the publicity because, honestly, this shit should, should be shut down immediately and, and shouldn't even be put on YouTube. I mean, I don't want to give this guy attention. Me neither. So, and I'm not sticking up for the guy by any means here. I haven't, I'm not stressing my opinion on it. I'm just going over what was said as far as the matter goes. But allegedly, he walked out of the ring due to issues with compensation, is is what they're allegedly saying. That being said, I don't understand why you take the fight walk in the ring, get introduced, and everything before you decide to walk out. That makes no sense well, to me. That, that's, that's easy. The easy reason he wanted he wanted the attention on it. And, 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 and instead, the attention is on, is, is on him labeled as a coward. Is what he's on. He's on him now, labeled as a coward. Now, with that being said, we all talk. We all we all talk um, about this topic here because yes, you can die in the ring. You can get seriously hurt in the ring. So, if you feel like you're being cheated, mistreated, or whatever the case may be in that compensation for that possibility, then you got to take a stand. I understand that. But don't sign the damn contract then. If you do sign the contract, they're legally binding to paying you what's on that contract. If they do not, take them to court. Those are the right ways to do it. And then if you want to make the name for yourself, get in that ring, fight with all your heart and might, and and actually take out the other guy. That would have been a larger statement than just walking outside the ring. That was absolutely ridiculous. The man will never get another fight again in life. So you not only ruined your whatever little compensation you were going to get for that night, but for the compensation that you would get for the rest of your career. Yeah, he he ruined his name. And... um... I, I couldn't help but think, though, the first thing that came to mind is, wait, is he still going to get paid? First thing I thought. I honestly kind of hope that he doesn't. I mean, he really don't deserve it. I mean, he got the L on his record, so in a way the fight was official. Maybe he does deserve it. I don't know. That's uh, that's up for debate, but it was some ridiculous stuff, and honestly I've never seen that before in boxing or in MMA. Oh, I can't even imagine that, like, you know, on the NFL or something like Raiders walk out and just, oh, no, we forfeit and just walk back into the locker room. I mean, that would be some crazy shit. I don't think it's really been done in in sports. And to have it done on boxing, of course it would be boxing. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I would has like all to the, uh, shout out to all the boxers that did put their life on the line and fought great fights for the uh, on the card and were overlooked because of the overshadowing of the walkout king and um i look forward to seeing all of you guys fight again without mm-hmm. you know that type of protesting of your of money going on while the fans just want to see you know the boxers fight that's right basically just spit on all those other guys in the back that are waiting and maybe even taking you know lesser pay not on TV. He he basically took a great opportunity of a televised fight and, and spit on it. Um, now, guys, this is also the one-year anniversary of the money fight between Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Do you guys even remember this fight? Is it even holding a place in history? What? Or is it pointless? Absolutely it does. It is the highest-grossing fight, and it probably won't be touched, Lucas, for a long time, the numbers that this fight did. Um, oh, hold on, there, it was buddy. a great hold fight. On, you got your numbers, you got your numbers mixed up. It did not beat Mayweather Pacquiao. It's the second highest. No, you're right. It's the okay. It's the yeah. second highest. But either way, it still beat 
Triple G Canelo, I'm just saying. <laughs> and that was in the same year. It was a great fight. Yes, it was an exhibition. It was a great odd to the fans. Mayweather went out in the dust of glory. I will always remember that as his last fight. Um, and it was against a valid opponent, athlete, a valid opponent, I do say. And I would have to say... A valid opponent? Oh, go ahead, Lucas. I'm sorry, but a valid opponent. Yes. Yes. A valid opponent. You say the word valid opponent. Someone who's never yeah. had a pro boxing fight is a valid opponent. He's in, you know he's damn in, good and well he, that fight should not have even gotten sanctioned, let alone valid uh, opponent. Come on, Lucas. No, no not you. that's right. sad. That's sad. Come on. You know what he could have did? You know what he could have did instead? This selfish-ass move? He could have taken one of his fighters and fought them. Put them on a pedestal, gave them some extra money, gave them some extra height, maybe even carried them a little bit, made them seem better than what they, they actually were. That's just me. That's just me. It's a selfish-ass move just for some money. It was a money uh, grab. stole money from everybody, and, and everybody ate it up. Everybody ate that shit up just because all they did was talk trash to each other. Mayweather knew good and damn well that this man did not know how to throw a proper boxing punch and was able to walk through uppercuts. You have never seen Mayweather not as defensive as in this last fight. And it will go down for me and in for me. Definitely not looking back on fondly, that's for sure. (sighs) Okay, Lucas, I'm sorry. I did not know that you was a... Mayweather hater. Oh my God. <laughs> I was to let you go down this road. Let me tell you, that fight, okay, my fiance and I, we went. We had a freaking blast with the Irish fans. I mean, they were amazing. These are some diehard fans. And they really believed that Connor had a chance. And that's okay. That's cool. I knew it wasn't. But at the same time, I'm not going to say that an elite athlete that stands up most of the time in his UFC fight and wins with the stand-up game doesn't have, is, is, is not a valid fighter. I won't say that. I wish he had more time to I prepare so I, we could really see. I didn't say a valid fighter. There's a difference between valid fighter and valid boxer, but sorry, go ahead. Okay, valid opponent. He was a valid opponent for someone that's trying to get their 50th fight and just want to, you know, lead the fans with a on a high. And I and I I enjoyed it. We had a, such a great time out there. Shout out to the Mayweather Money Team crew. I mean, we was there with our shirts on and everything. We had such a good time. I, I'm happy that they had that fight, and I still have fun memories. Oh man! Thank you. Well said. <laughs> well, bravo. Well said. There's two sides. Do we think that Mayweather will ever journey over, as he said he will, to the octagon? No. Bravo. Um. Um. Unfortunately, I think he will, Lucas. For the money, too much money. For the money, of he course. Like he's going, too, he's like he's going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see it. I'm not interested in that style. But Secure is right, though. If if you know, and maybe they have some sort of backdoor agreement to stand up the whole time. But McGregor generally doesn't wrestle or try hardly any submissions in the octagon either. So if it's just a stand-up match in the octagon, then, yeah, I would love to see that for Floyd. If it's not, mm, don't want to see it. Well, he had, like, some rules that they were potentially thinking about, you know, complying with, and it was basically no kicking, no wrestling, no elbows, so you're just I, I think they leaked those on purpose. Um, <laughs> in my eyes, I think they leaked those those rules because people started throwing a fit, like, "Oh, we don't want to see that shit." And then they had Dana White, and they were like, "What? No, that's completely false." 
that's not even in the talks, and none of these rules are making sense. We wouldn't do that in the UFC. We wouldn't make a joke of the UFC. I'm like, wait a minute. So you guys saying that you made a joke of boxing? Is what it kind of seemed like. But, so. Yeah, and he, he know he lied because he know if that money right, he going to change his mind. <laughs> and for all the MMA fans that may be listening, when I say don't know how to throw a proper boxing punch, yes, I know MMA fighters also train in boxing. However, when you're trained in boxing, you're trained in a little bit. You're trained a little bit of jiu-jitsu. You're trained a little bit of everything. There's boxers that are Hall of Famers that can still learn a thing about boxing. Boxing is a very deep game. So do not think that just because an MMA fighter is trained in boxing, he knows how to throw uh, a punch correctly um, because – you can always still learn more. Um, a very deep game. Uh, but also, uh, let's thank Kenneth Sims Jr. for coming on the show. Uh, side note, anybody also listening, I want to make sure that everybody knows that Heavy Bag Boxing is not a hater of Terrence Crawford. I was just trying to make a point. <laughs> Terrence Crawford came on the show before. We've had Terrence Crawford on the show. He's a great guy, great boxer, and I can't wait to see what he does in the future. I hope he takes on Errol Spence as well because they've had some Twitter beef but in no way um, am I a Terrence Crawford hater I actually love the guy, I love to see him fight um, but other than that uh, for Robert and Sakura this was Tough Talk and uh, join us again next week Alright guys